the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. So thrilled and excited to be here with all y'all coming at you from the AM 1170 studios here in San Diego. Joining me, first of all, I got a shout out to everybody out there watching via Facebook Live. Hopefully, I'm going to have a chance to like say hello to everybody in the thread there. Please share the video to everybody out there. Got a lot of great content we're going to be bringing to you today, and we want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to hear it. Thank you, DJ Carrot Stews. <laughs> You know, from the sound of those sound effects, I'm not sure whose show he thinks he's producing here today. Okay, it's called the AK Show, not the DJ Carrot Sticks Hour, but that's okay because without DJ Carrot Sticks, there'd be no AK Show. Um, we got to jump right into it. Usually I like to do a little bit of a monologue before we start, but I think you guys all know, those of you who've been listening to the Andrea K Show now for a few years know that radical Islam, the scourge that is radical Islam which is being brought to us, the jihad, in in two fronts. We're not going to get a chance to get into too much of one, which is creeping Sharia, but the other. They want to take us over through sword and through Sharia. And we're going to be spending a little bit of time today talking about the latest attempt of takeover through the sword. And that is what happened in uh, the UK last night in Manchester, England. By the way, before we get into anything, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Instagram. Obviously, those out there watching on Facebook Live know where to find me there on Facebook. Joining me, my first guest to talk about all the hot topics of the day. And not just about what's happening in Manchester is Brian Crabtree. He's, you know, a fellow Southerner. He's coming at y'all from uh, Atlanta. He's actually a host of the Brian Crabtree show. He's been on the AK show before, so you know Brian. And he's also a contributor to townhall.com. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Good to be back, Andrea. Well, I wish that we had a better topic to start the show um, with than another terrorist attack. Of course, if you listen to the mayor of London, who said uh, sometime last year, I think it was in September, he said, you know what? These terrorist attacks, they're just part and parcel of life in the big city. Although, you know, you look at Tokyo and other big cities around the world, and this is not uh, you know part and parcel of everyday life, nor should it ever be accepted as just everyday life. But I'm even hearing Americans today, Brian, saying, like Judge Napolitano saying, gee, I guess we just need to accept this as everyday life. That's BS. We absolutely can stop this. We cannot allow this to become a part of our everyday life. Today, we we know that 22 people died, uh, mostly children. We know that the British authorities right now 
who are complicit in this, as all Europe is in terms of the mass influx of immigration and bringing and importing terror into their countries. Now, what the uh, government there is doing is, according to them, their focus is on determining whether it's a lone wolf or part of a terrorist network. And as Sebastian Gorka says, the term lone wolf, wolf is meant to make you stupid. This is all meant to basically make us complicit and to accept this as a part of life. What do you say about that? Well, about 20 or 30 years ago, there was a president in uh, in uh, the UK who uh, tried to ban Muslims or people from certain Middle Eastern countries in the Ninth Circuit Court. The district court of the UK shot that down as being unconstitutional, even though that was the co- oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That's America. That's kind of what happened in Britain 20 or 30 years ago. And what's happening in America right now is Britain 20 or 30 years ago. And look at Britain today that has three to four thousand terrorists from all over the Middle East that have converged on the country. So many they can't keep up with them. They have to guess which one they need to follow today and predict it. And the intelligence agencies of Britain are very good. They're just not perfect. And when you're not perfect in intelligence, after bad politics for decades, you get 22 dead children. Wake yeah. up, America, because that's what we're about to become. Yeah. And in fact, somebody was posting pictures uh, last night on, on, you know, you always hate to go political right away when something like this happens. Um, but every time there's a tragedy, it is an opportunity for us to learn and to not repeat past mistakes. And when we are seeing terrorist attack after terrorist attack after terrorist attack, whether it's in Manchester or whether it was in Nice or whether it was in, um, I mean, there's almost so many, you lose track of it from, from our own terrorist attack that are happening here. Talk about the failures of the intelligence community to stop these things. Um, but right now, we've got Trump who is around the world. He, unfortunately, our president had to go on a trip around the world without the support of the nation at his back, but under a cloud of suspicion in which our intelligence community is wasting resources trying to, and the deep state with the deep state trying to take him down. He had to go around the world under that cloud of crap, but he still delivered an amazing, I think it's an amazing trip. He's the first sitting president to go to the Western Wall. He's the first sitting president to do what he did and gave a speech in front of what 50 Muslim nations and say the things that he said. Today, he's He's meeting with the Pope. Truly historic speech. Do you feel as though his his approach on the war on terror, including his speech, including his response today and all the elements in it, do you think it's right for these times that we face today? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's quite profound that this president, in a very diplomatic presidential way, which last I heard by watching the cable news media, he was incapable of doing and being, uh, basically went on Muslim soil and said, let's reject, let's, let's get rid of these people. Let's condemn them. Let's get them out of religion. I mean, that's basically what he did. And, and then, of course, I think this attack, the timing of this attack was certainly subject to question as to whether it had something to do with this speech and this, this, this meeting with Israel and Saudi Arabia. And now today he's meeting with the Palestinian leaders. The question is, is this, uh, is this timed based upon that as a reaction, as a rebuke of what he said to Saudi Arabia? It's hard to say. We don't know. But, uh, but the bottom line here is that he doesn't have the support of the, of the country behind his back. Even last night I was watching all of the news channels because I have a, what's called a media grabber and it shows you five or six cable outlets at one time. And uh, at one point in the evening, when this was really unfolding at the, at the biggest point, CNN and MSNBC were talking about Trump-Russia connection, and only Fox News was left reporting 
uh, the actual events that was going on over in, in England, our closest ally. It was, it was stunning. And there was a whole Twitter eruption and Facebook eruption about that. Yeah. It just it just it's stunning. And this is, by the way, CNN, the same company that spent three weeks on a missing airplane from Malaysia. Yeah, this is the same CNN that did the ice cream gate week or week or so ago. I mean, the it, it's it's not just stunning. It's absolutely despicable because and oh, by the way, I guess what maybe what they want us to do is redirect ourselves to the greatest priority uh, of our time, which is supposed to be climate change or transgender bathrooms. I'm surprised they actually weren't talking about that last night instead of continuing to propagate this crappy narrative that's so false about uh, Russian hacking and interference and collusion. But it's absolutely despicable because we better get a grip on this because children are being slaughtered around the world. And here is President Trump. He, go, he, what he did, what I thought he did in Riyadh was so brilliant was he basically laid, he was the first president, the first government official from America to ever lay it at the feet of the Muslim communities and the Muslim world. He said to them, basically, he called them out for it and said, drive them out of your places of worship, drive them out of your communities, out of your holy land, drive them out of this earth. He challenged them to tell these people that you are not going to, your souls will be condemned forever. And you're not going to be um, rewarded, in other words, with these uh, uh, virgins in uh, the afterlife. He basically put it at their feet. And, you know, it, in other words, if you, you guys say that this isn't Islam, then get it out of your Islam. I just think that we even need to go further. I like the fact that he uh, established uh, the uh, terrorist financing targeting center. I like I like some of the other things he's doing. I think he needs to go farther. I think we need to make sure that the Muslim Brotherhood, Saudi Arabia said the Muslim Brotherhood has been declared as a terrorist organization. We need to do that here. And for, can we have, finally, Brian, a common sense approach to a travel ban? I actually think that Trump needs to go back. I get why he's parsing his words a little bit, but wasn't he elected for a Muslim ban? Well, I don't know if he was elected for a Muslim ban. Again, that's been blown out of proportion by the media. He said that one time, and then he talked about the specific countries once he became privy to the actual intelligence that even Obama uh, had been a privy to and had mentioned these seven countries, six countries, that ultimately the Ninth Circuit Court, the Hawaii Federal Court, wouldn't uphold. He needs to fight that ban all the way to the Supreme Court, and that way it sends the message to the liberal left and the, and the folks that keep blocking our, the president's constitutional right. Listen, uh, the Supreme Court would absolutely, without question, rule in favor of the Trump administration on that. It's just going to take some time. It's of critical interest to the country. There is one good thing that came out of the last 48 to 72 hours that I observed that was a little bit of a surprise. And it actually is a sort of a positive backlash, if you will, out of the Obama administration. The world has gotten a chance to see what it's like without a powerful leader in America. Yeah, we've been derelict of duty for eight years we've, to turn the Middle East into a mess, Iraq, Syria, ISIS, all because of Obama, not Bush. Bush started the war. Obama ended it incorrectly, and that, thus we got these problems uh, that we saw. Uh, it really and truly, I would be so bold as to say that Manchester yesterday, those, those, that blood is on the hands of Barack Obama for allowing ISIS to form, even though the, his predecessor, George W. Bush, warned him that if he pulled out of Iraq too early, that would happen. But I would say this. It seems that Egypt... Israel, maybe even the Palestinians, today and tomorrow will tell. Certainly Saudi Arabia and other countries in the Middle East are hungry. They're exhausted from all of this. They're exhausted from the uprising of these radical sects of, 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 of so-called religion. They're not, they're not religion of any kind, and Trump said that. He's, he's right. 
they're, they're exhausted and they're seeing the power of America and the brilliance of America in its truest and purest form. And I think they're hungry for something more than what we might think in terms of peace negotiations and really working together. Don't get me wrong. That's not easy. And not everyone will go that route. Some will take advantage of that goodwill. But I think mm-hmm. there's an appetite now in the Middle East that we haven't seen in our lifetime in order to solve some of these problems. The problem is we don't have the support of the president, or at least the ideas of the president. Forget the man. How about the ideas? We don't have the support back home. Think about the intelligence gathering, the work we could do with the resources being put into investigating a Trump-Russian connection that doesn't exist, and intelligence gathering to stamp out ISIS. We've got to get this straight. It's life and death. Trump-Russia is, 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 is a nothing burger. This is life and death, and our country is the linchpin in fixing it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up in, in terms of uh, the intelligence community and wasted efforts. I mean, this Jim Comey, he deserved to be fired back when the Sarnaya brothers were allowed to go to terrorist training camps and come back and blow up citizens at the Boston Marathon. He needed to be fired back when uh, San Bernardino happened. And what was the, I am glad that we have for the first time in eight years a president who responds to his Islamic terrorist attack without threatening the speech like Loretta Lynch did after San Bernardino, without threatening Americans and against Islamophobia. The first thing that Obama did after every terrorist attack was um, prop up Islam and threaten Americans for speaking out. Remember, after Benghazi and four Americans were died, the future does not belong to those who, you know, um, slander the prophet Muhammad. Um, you know, I, I, some people are saying he should have used Trump should have used the term uh, radical Islam in his response today instead of calling them or last night instead of calling them evil, evil losers. You know what? I, I, I like where Trump is at in terms of wanting to work. I think you're right about um, the Middle East in, in Islamic countries. The average age is under 30, as he talked about in Riyadh. They, they, they want jobs. They want innovation. I mean, uh, you know, I do think that, that he's using some different methods in terms of like what Sebastian Gorka has talked about on my show many times in terms of working with the Muslim countries, tapping into um, other areas, uh, you know, and in terms of routing out the ideology. But we've got to do some. Our main priority should be here at home and putting our citizens first. That means not importing terror here in this country. It means, in my opinion, we need to do what Senator Santorum said, and we need to uh, we need to declare Islam a political ideology and not a religion so they can't hide behind religion. We need to be inside these mosques and routing out these terrorists, which our intelligence community was not allowed to do. Uh, Pulse nightclub was a perfect example of a failure of the intelligence community, in part because they weren't allowed to look at Islam because of these religious protections. So I'm liking what Trump is doing so far. Final thought before we got to go. I, I would add to that, that that this the Manchester and the Pulse nightclub are very similar. You have a native-born radical Islamic terrorist from a radical immigrant from the countries that are Muslim. I'm not against Muslims. I'm not against Islam per se. But we have a huge problem in that community, and until we start identifying that that is a huge problem and get over our political correctness, the Muslim community is going to be further harmed by it, and the American and Western community is going to be greatly harmed by it. We've got to stop being so soft, and we've got to get tough, or everyone on both sides of this gets harmed even more. Absolutely. Brian Crabtree, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Great to be with you. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to my buddy, John Cardillo. Got to say hi to everybody on the Facebook Live thread. That's what my buddy Zan always does when he's doing Facebook Live. C.V. Burton, Donnie Morgan. Hi, Joe Ballard. Hi, Brian. Um, Can't really see who else is there on this thread. 
Um, but anyway, hi to everybody out there. Please post your comments and what you think. What's your idea in terms of how Trump is doing in, in terms of his his tactics, his agenda, his speech? How do you feel about it? What do you think that we should be doing? Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. My buddy, John Cardillo. Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. That's not a bad bumper song there, DJ Carrot Sticks, but it's not like my old, my old smooth grooves back before Facebook Live wouldn't let me post my show using all my favorite music. Hey, I'm super excited to have my next guest with me. First time on the Andrea K Show. I don't know what took me so long to get my buddy John Cardillo here. Former NYPD officer, hot snot, conservative radio talk. In fact, he's the hottest of the snots. Welcome, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you, my friend? How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have you here with me in spite of um, all this, this negative news and stuff that's happening. Um, I'm, so, I'm particularly glad that I have you here with me to talk about this terrorist attack and other stuff because you coming from law enforcement, you have a different perspective in terms of um, what it's like to have to show up on scene and deal with this stuff um, behind the scenes, how law enforcement investigates these things, how they track down what, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and all of that. So your take so far. Well, well, first of all, you're 100% right, especially when children are involved, which is the case here, very young kids. That's traumatic in and of itself, and that's something that you, that's seared into your brain for the rest of your life. This isn't something the first responders will ever forget. Let me say this. The first responders did an absolutely outstanding job. They were on scene within minutes. They secured the perimeter. They triaged the people that were severely injured. I mean, they saved lives. The death toll would have been much higher had they not been as proficient as they were. The problem here is with the politicians in the UK. The problem here is with the mindset of the people in Europe, the mindset of the politicians. Because you and I both know what happened, especially on social media. The minute that this attack went down, most people realized what it was. It was terror. Well, the left came out and said, oh, it was popping balloons. It was blowing speakers. No, 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 it was a robbery at the box office. And this was a small little explosion to divert attention to go in there. All these convoluted explanations to make it anything other than what we all know it was, radical Islamic terror targeting the most innocent among us, little girls going into a concert, right? How infuriating is that? So what should have happened in the UK was a sea change of mentality, but it didn't. We should have been hunting down 
uh, every every known terrorist, they know, for example, that there are 3,500 ISIS loyalists in the UK right now. Why isn't every one of them in a cell this morning being ready to be deported and interrogated at some off-site black site? That's the part I don't get. We, we, we're treating terror as crime, and it's not. It's a war. Well, not only that, but, you know, it's, it's come to light, of course, that this guy was known to British authorities. Isn't that, right. you know, and, and isn't that always the case, that after every terrorist attack, we find out these people were, were known by the authorities? This was an intelligence failure, just like our intelligence failures here with the Pulse nightclub, San Bernardino, Boston, and, and uh, Nadal Hassan and Fort Hood. And every time we find out that they were known to authorities and that I, I don't know how much of it is just flat out failure to not track them or the fact that we've got a deep state and an intelligence community that is being directed to surveil presidential candidates and their and their team as opposed to doing their job, which is routing out terror. I'm not really sure because I'm not behind the scenes with the law enforcement. We know that the Obama administration had given Department of Homeland Security instructions to not uh, look, you know, in term, not use terms like uh, jihad or, or anything related to right. radical Islam as a, as a criteria for investigation. I think we need to do what Senator, San, Senator Santorum said, I think we need to declare, first of all, the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization to get them out of our government. Same thing with CARE. I think we need to declare Islam as a political ideology, which it is, so that they don't have religious protection, so that we can get in our, these mosques and route them out. People keep telling me that that's impossible, that, that it can happen. And But, you know, I think that we can if we have the will. Why do we not have the will to do those things? Well, you kind of answer your own question, right? So I wouldn't say that this is an intelligence failure, because as you said, we knew who these people were. So the intelligence community did their job. Remember, the intelligence community, the military, law enforcement community, they're merely instruments of policy, right? They don't set policy. Politicians set policy, whether they be elected or appointed, and they tell LE, the IC, the military, go do that. Mm-hmm. So they don't do it on their own volition, right? They have to wait for politicians. So this is a massive, massive political failure. Eight years of abysmal political failure under Obama, an absolute uh, unwillingness to identify terror, denial that radical Islamic terror exists. They'll go drone people every now and again to placate the media. And, and you're 100% right. Why are we not going out and grabbing up these people who we know? Look, I have no problem. I had an argument on my show this morning with a caller. I said, terror is not crime. Terror is war. The Mexican cartels, as savage as they are, they don't ideologically kill children because those children aren't willing to convert to and be subjugated to being a drug dealer. Islam is the only ideology in the world that wants to kill you if you don't become a Muslim. So I'm with you. I don't feel it's a legitimate religion any longer. I don't feel it should have the same protections as Judaism, Catholicism, Presbyterianism, because of the way it operates, the way it operates, especially Sunni, uh, Wahhabist, Salafist Islam. It's a very, very dangerous, I call it a death cult. And until we get serious and we adapt to war, adopt rather a wartime mentality and adapt to their wartime tactics, not to be long-winded, Andrea, but here's the problem. We are not seeing a terrorist walking down the street in jeans and a T-shirt as a terrorist because he's walking down the streets of Manchester, New York, or London in jeans and a T-shirt. But he's every bit the enemy soldier mm-hmm. that, that, that a North Korean soldier would be walking down that same street in uniform with a rifle. Until we change our mindset to understand that, we're going to keep losing. We're going to keep being blindsided by these attacks, and innocents are going to be killed. Right. Well, um, unfortunately, I got to shift gears on you because, you know, um, 
we uh, while Trump is around the world trying to trying to join together with and get Muslim countries and others behind us in, in fighting the war on terror, because the left has said for a long time, we got to make sure that there are friends. We got to work with these Muslim countries. Trump can't be speaking as, uh, speaking as as boldly as he is about the threat of radical Islam when we need these people on our side. Meanwhile, that's what the guy's trying to do while he's trying to do it. The deep state is trying to take him out, not take out the terrorists. They're treating him as though he's the enemy of the state. When what we've really got is we've got the enemies of this state are these domestic people, these citizens, many of them Obama holdovers and many of them GOPE trying to take him down. Where are we at with what are your thoughts on the fact that the Republican Party has allowed on the basis of nothing, an investigation in which there was no probable cause, uh, after 10 months, no evidence of any crime with Trump, we have the Republican Party allowing for a special counselor to come in and investigate, which now takes it to a criminal investigation. Uh, we've got Comey, who was allowed to postpone his testimony until he goes and meets with Mueller. Why in the world was Mueller, Comey's buddy, assigned as the special counsel? Uh, uh, you know, what are you, what's your take on all this? Well, I think a lot of this media hype, right? Anything that the DOJ ever touches is, is technically a criminal investigation. Things go from inquiry to investigation. So it's always been a criminal investigation, but that doesn't mean much. Because a criminal investigation may very well result in, hey, there was no crime, which appears to be the case here. So I don't get too worried when I see that. Now, if somebody would have said to me a year ago that deep state is a real thing, I'd have laughed at them and said, you're a conspiracy nut and hung the phone up on if they were on air with me today. If they, that same person called me back, I'd say, I'm sorry, you are 100% right, because it really does exist. Mueller was universally regarded as an ethical, impartial guy after 9-11. He was, uh, his term was actually extended. I believe the FBI director used to be eight years and extended to 10 because of Mueller and 9-11. But the problem is exactly what you said. Why would Comey meet with him? I find that very unethical mm-hmm. that Comey will meet with this special counsel, special prosecutor, discuss his testimony. Comey, to me, has lost all credibility. But what's, what's worse is what you just described. In no local proceeding, no local criminal court, and even in any U.S. attorney's office, would this much taxpayer money be wasted, be allowed to be wasted, when there is zero evidence of anything? Mm-hmm. And I have very strong law enforcement sources and sources close to the Flynn and other camps. And I can tell you, things that are being reported are simply not true. The sources giving information to the Washington Post, the New York mm-hmm. Times, and others are either spreading disinformation to destabilize the president or genuinely ignorant and just trying to make themselves sound important. Because I'm reading information that, that I can't even really discuss from my law enforcement sources that I know to be absolute fallacies. And it's being reported by major outlets. There is, there is no there there. I will go on the record, on my name, on my reputation and say, Donald Trump, uh, Mike Flynn, and many of his close associates never did a thing wrong. They will all be exonerated. And I think General Flynn especially is mm-hmm. very favorable by history. Well, I, I agree with you there. In fact, uh, I don't know if people know that the, this supposed um, journalist from the New York Times, the one with, about the Comey memo, his wife worked for the Hillary Clinton campaign. This is a guy who accused Trump supporters of, you know, said that Trump supporters should be deported because they're all a bunch of racists. I mean, this is, you know, we have no journalism anymore. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, what concerns me, though, is um, uh, that you look hard enough 
and spend enough time and you can find something that if the Department of Justice wants to, you know, that old saying you can yeah. indict a ham sandwich. They are absolutely determined to take Trump down. In the meantime, what I think he needs to be doing is using uh, the goodwill that he had before it runs out and get as much of his agenda passed as possible. You know, we've got the budget that came out today uh, that uh, that is is the funding for the wall, which his signature agenda. I, I like so much about the budget and I didn't have a chance to really uh, get into the details of it. It's across the board cuts everywhere, including like 31 percent, I think, for the EPA. But funding for some of his key stuff like the border wall just isn't in there. We don't have the tax reform done yet. Now, McMullen is saying it could be next year before it comes in. Uh, there, there's, that's just too much time for the left to get at him. Well, well that's just it. And, and let's go to your first point, because it's very, very important. Special counsels exist to justify their existence. And let me explain that. When Patrick Fitzgerald was appointed special counsel on the Valerie Plains, supposedly her name was disclosed, a CIA operative, even though she really had been an inside administrative person for years, the only reason Scooter Libby, Dick Cheney's former chief of staff, was convicted of anything is because he misspoke in a meeting with the special counsel. In other words, if, if the special counsel had never been been appointed in that case, Scooter Libby never would have been guilty of anything because he never would have had to testify on something that he had no knowledge of. And so special counsels have to justify their existence. And, and let me interrupt there. Involved. At the time yeah. that they investigated Scooter Libby, they already knew who the leaker was. They knew that it was That's Richard right. Armitage. So there was actually absolutely right. no reason other than a blatant attempt to take down somebody from the Bush administration that that even existed. Well, that's exactly what it was. Exactly. They went, they, they were, a, they were a solution in search of a problem, right? They were a hammer in search of a nail. And that's what special prosecutors often do. Because if they come up empty, then they're perceived as a failure. Because the assumption is somebody is guilty of something. So even if they get some ancillary Trump campaign staffer on a minor perjury misdemeanor, and the person takes a plea, pays a fine, and does a month in jail, they're now going to say, see, we told you somebody around Trump was dirty. And the Democrats mm-hmm. and their media cohorts will just hammer on that one insignificant person until 2020. Well, meanwhile, um, you know, the the left and different people within the left from uh, Mike Morrell uh, and others are actually coming out and, and trying to tamp down expectations from the left. In fact, Morrell had come out and said that that um, on the question of the Trump conspiring with the Russians, this is Mike Morrell, a, a disinformation dude. I mean, he was a former acting uh, CIA chief. He said there is right. there is no fire at all. And I'm quoting. There's no little campfire. There's no little candle. There's no spark. And there's a lot of people looking for it. Um, I'm concerned that they're going to keep looking until they find something. Um, but, you know, I think that they're clearly the left is worried because um, what it, what's it going to do for them if they did all this and then they find nothing? Well, look, if, they, if I am so convinced there's nothing, knowing how investigations work, forget that I'm a Trump partisan, forget that you and I are on the same side of the political aisle, and I get in general. I know how investigations work, having been in law enforcement. If there was anything would have been released the third week of October 2016 to destroy Trump's chance of ever becoming president or anything else. If there was ever anything there, it would have been released during the campaign. There is absolutely nothing. What you're seeing is deep state hysteria mm-hmm. that their hand-picked candidate Hillary Clinton was not coronated. This was always supposed to be, Andrea, a Republican coronation of Jeb Bush, a Democratic coronation of Hillary Clinton, and whichever one won the election, the other and their cronies were assured that they were going to be okay and keep making money and have power. Trump upset a decades-long, I would say a century-long, billions of dollars invested power structure. They're all hysterical. They don't know how to handle it. And what we're seeing right now is a soft coup. That's all this is, a soft coup on fabricated information. What's your take on this Seth Rich and this guy, uh, Kim.com, and him saying that he he is the evidence? You following that? Well, 
Yeah, I am quite a bit and quite closely. So I spoke to a very good friend who was a robbery investigator in DCPD for 10 years. Now he's in a, in a, in a very high-profile unit there. And what he said to me was he actually patrolled the area where Seth Rick was killed most of his career. And he's never seen a robbery investigation go down like that. I worked robberies for six years. I've never seen a robbery happen like that or a robbery investigation where there was a homicide closed as quickly. Kim.com is credible. Now, there have been a lot of allegations about Kim.com with money laundering, this, that, and the other thing, but no one has ever accused him of being a conspiracy theorist and makes things up. In fact, the guy is in trouble because he's too honest about his business dealings. So I do believe Seth Rich was the leaker. I do believe Kim.com was his go-between, which presents a real big problem for the DNC and James Comey because if this is all, if this bears out and Kim.com has a smoking gun, it collapses the narrative that the DNC was even hacked. Yes. It collapses Comey's narrative that they were hacked, and it proves this whole Trump-Russia hack collusion investigation was one big witch hunt to destroy a presidency. Again, going back to the soft coup, that's why they're hysterical. Well, I hope that the GOP is, has uh, not allowed the special uh, counsel in the investigation to be so narrow as to exclude uh, evidence of actual uh, hacking and who actually did any hacking and who actually uh, interfered themselves into an election, which was the DNC. And I would actually like I would actually like to th- think that the GOP might actually open up uh, investigations into real Russian collusion involving the Clinton administration and the sale of uranium, as well as how they lined the Clinton Foundation uh, pockets with donor money and, and bill with speaking fees. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that the GOP has ever proven, even now with the majority, that they've got the chutzpah or the will or the desire to hold anybody accountable. Hey, John, how can people hear more from you before I got to let you go? Oh, just go to johncardella.com. The schedule there or on Twitter at John Cardella. All right. Thanks for being here. Have a great day, my friend. Thanks, Andrea. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We go take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk to, for a few moments, the one and only Brigitte Gabriel from Act for America is going to be here. Don't go anywhere. More of the Andrea K. Show coming up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. Amazing guest I have on today's show, but my next guest is, is still probably my number one all-time fan favorite, particularly uh, at times like this when we have another radical Islamic terrorist attack. It's none other then president of Act for America and author of They Must Be Stopped, Brigitte Gabriel, back on the Andrea K. Show. Hello, hello there, lovely lady. Thank you. I'm delighted to be back with you, Andrea. Thank you. Um, 
Your thoughts on this, the latest terrorist attack, one of many, uh, in, a, in uh, Britain, in which the mayor of London has said that uh, these terrorist attacks should be expected to be part and parcel of life in the big city. We should never underestimate our enemy. Um, I've been listening to a lot of British media uh, for the last uh, 12 hours, and all this nonsense about, well, you know, these are little girls. They struck where we least expected it because they were prepared for terrorists to strike in London. Obviously, London is just like New York. You expect more security, uh, more preparation. And uh, But they said we never expected them to strike in Manchester, never at a concert for little girls. And it goes to show you that in the West, we still do not understand the mindset of our enemies who look at that concert as a skanky singer singing to a bunch of little girls going Google Gaga looking at her. And in the minds of an evil Islamic terrorist, he believes that they all should be killed because that does not align with his ideology. So while we in the West are looking at our lovely little girls feeling broken hearted, um, as we should, because we are humans and we feel and we respect life and we respect, you know, little children and we care for them and we nurture them. That's our job as adults. In the eyes of our enemies, they look at them as um, basically objects to be killed because they are not worthy of life. So this is what we are dealing with. And to add insult to injury, Andrea, the fact that the British authorities knew of this man, were monitoring him, this is not his first run into problems with the authorities, yet he was able to pull such a terrorist attack. This should be a lesson to everybody in Western nations who are right now monitoring suspected terrorist uh, Islamic sympathizers in any country, whether America, Australia, Canada, Brazil, it doesn't matter. This is our sign to understand that don't wait too long until it's too late and lives are lost. Take action now. Well, I think uh, I think important in taking action is to be proactive and to not import terrorists into a country. I think one of the greatest lessons that we could have been learning along the way is from what Europe has done with their multiculturalism, with the open borders and all the family reunification stuff and not expecting them or demanding that they assimilate. And when they brought terrorists in, to, you know, just expecting the citizens to put up with it. And, exactly. uh, yeah, and we must stop that here. We have courts that are here that have been weaponized against Donald Trump trying to do what he was elected to do and what he has as the president, the power that's given to him as the president of the United States to determine immigration laws. This man has said we there is no compassion in bringing people into this country that, that are from terrorist infected countries that wish to do us harm. And there is no way to tell by looking at somebody whether or not they are an Islamic terrorist who wants to destroy us. We have the right and the responsibility as a nation to put our citizens safety first. And one of the things that we should immediately be doing as a nation is calling a halt to bringing anybody here from this country. This is a worldwide issue that, as he said in Riyadh, this is a worldwide issue. It's spread all around the world. We've, we've got enough problems. You know, the intelligence community has enough on their hands to try to monitor the bad guys that are already here and try to stop them in advance. We don't need to bring any more here. 
Exactly. And this is exactly why we, the American public, need to let the president know that we are on his side. Whoever is listening to us right now, please make sure you pick up the phone and call the White House and thank the president for taking action to protect the country in everything that he does. Remember, the left is bombarding the White House. They are bombarding their elected officials, uh, trying to demean this president, trying to stop him from doing what he needs to do. We need to show him that we stand with him. We also need to be active and put pressure on our elected officials to pass legislation that support the president in halting uh, money for refugees coming to America. I know right now of two pieces of legislation holding funding for refugees to come into the country, one in the Senate and one in Congress. We work with Congressman Babin all the time, Act for America, my organization, worked actively on the writing of that legislation. Please go to our website, actforamerica.org, and join us. Get involved. Click on Contact Congress or on our legislative agenda, and you'll be able to see the bills in Congress and in the Senate, the name of the sponsors, the number of the bill, and we even have a pre-written letter for you. All you have to do is add your name and click send, and it will be sent to your elected officials on your behalf. That's how we can make a difference. Uh, the time for talking, Andrea, and the time for education is over. Now is the time for action. The left is organized. They are mobilized. They are taking action. We need to do the same thing. You cannot say, oh, somebody else is going to do it. Everybody listening right now, go to your computers, actforamerica.org. Make sure you send a letter and an email to your elected officials urging them to stand with the president in securing the country and stopping the money to fund refugees coming to America. As well as, I believe that there's still legislation to declare the Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization. I think we need to get behind that as well, correct? Correct, and we have that as well listed on our website. Uh, the White House got distracted. Uh, they were going to work on that, and then after what happened with the bombing in Syria, uh, they changed direction because of the foreign affairs issues that were popping up. Uh, it's not off the table. It's on the table. We need to make sure that the president is reminded as to why we need to work on this legislation. Thank you so much for being here. Give everybody that website again, Brigitte. Our website is actforamerica.org, Act for America. So I hope people join us. Uh, Join us in D.C. for our national conference. Information on the website. All right. Thank you again so much for being here. Love you, Brigitte, Gabriel, and all the work that you're doing to keep us safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye now. She is so right. We for, it, the, the time to educate is, is, is past. The time we must support President Trump and we must demand action of our legislators with legislation that will keep us safe. What I want to do is take a really quick break, like maybe a minute break, and then I want to shift gears. I got to get into some lighter to other topics. I want to get into some news you can use. I've got an amazing, hilarious story that just really bust the left and their political correctness. You guys are going to crack up when you hear this. We're also going to talk a little bit about the budget because you know what? Trump has more in his agenda for the American people in terms of making, uh, putting America first than just national security. So we're going to talk about that. So stay tuned. More Andrea Keisha coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a 
home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. We are rolling along. Um, whew, I always just feel so energized and excited that we can actually take action to make our country safe. Every time I have Brigitte Gabriel on the show, uh, I just love her so much. And thank you. Uh, thank you, Brigitte, for coming on and for the efforts. Um, you know, I touched, touched a little bit on it earlier when I was talking to either Brian Crabtree or John uh, Cardillo about uh, some other news that was coming up today with um, President Trump. And that's his budget that he came forth. And you're going to hear a whole lot. I haven't had a chance to really review it as as much in detail, but so far um, I'm loving, absolutely loving. Here's where we're gonna we're gonna have some good news segments on the show. I am loving where this is going because he says that I can't remember the name that they gave this legislation, but he said that it puts the focus and the compassion on those who were paying taxes versus just compassion to those on the receiving end of programs, and that um, many people aren't even being helped with those expensive programs. We are $20 trillion in debt. This is a country that cannot afford to continue to have legislation that keeps businesses from being able to hire and regulations that make it hard to start a business with, and then on top of it, overtaxation and all these unfunded liabilities that we have. We can't continue down that path. We now have a budget that's being put forth for the first time in many years, a budget that can be balanced. This budget will be able to be um, put forth, will be balanced over 10 years. It's based on the concept of compassion for the taxpayers, which means they are going to look at every department and do across-the-board cuts. 31% at the EPA, 14%, I think, at labor. There's a lot of bad hype about cuts on Medicaid, which aren't really cuts. It's really just stopping the increase in spending. The projections are a 3% growth. McMullen, I think, uh, had said, he said, if you're under the age of 30, he said, you don't even know what it's like to live in an America. 3% growth used to be the norm. He said, but if you're under 30, you don't even know what it's like to live in an America with 3% growth. You're fear-based. You can't get jobs. He said, when there's 3% growth, if you don't like your job, you quit it and either go find another job or start a, start a business. That's what we need to get back to. And this budget will do that. And I love the fact that it shows compassion for the taxpayers because what that means is it shows stewardship for their money. Because while we have a governor here in California, Jerry Brown, who says that, you know, you're, anybody who doesn't want tax increases, you're a freeloader, they don't get it. No, the freeloaders are these government people that are getting fat and happy off the taxpayers. So I'm loving this. It doesn't have as much money for the border wall as I would like, but we're getting assurances that they will, we will get the wall. Um, so, you know, I'm really happy with this. Um, and I just, and I love any kind of positive news. And I think that we need to, like Brigitte Gabriel said, we need to support our president in terms of what he's doing with national security. I think we need to support him economically. We've already got a top leading economic indicator that America's economy is back and that is housing starts. 
You y'all know I love real estate. Um, one of my one of my highlights of every day is taking my baby bow on walks. All I like to choose different routes in my neighborhood so I can see all the remodels that people are doing and um, you know the homes that are up for sale and new people moving in. I mean, to me, it's just so so critical of a part of the American dream. So I got my gal Julie Mills Brennan here back with me. Hey, Julie, welcome back to the show. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, my idea came about a, a good friend of mine had to leave California, uh, mainly because her husband got a job in Arizona. And um, she bought a beautiful home. She's really happy with her home. So this is not a bad news story. But she put a really extensive Facebook post up telling people about inspections um, that I guess the inspection report that she got wasn't thorough enough, and it ended up costing them a lot of money in terms of uh, the jacuzzi and the pool. She doesn't regret buying her home, but she feels like she's fortunate enough to have been able to afford repairs that were not um, found in the inspection. Obviously, you being a realtor in, in San Diego for many years and decades, you're familiar with this. What do people need to know? And by the way, those tuning in, this is the news you can use segment here. What do people need to know with it when it comes to inspections? Well, you know, the biggest thing is finding a good one who is certified. I mean, there is um, some special associations that that are part of California now, and if you are, if one, if the inspector that you use is a part of one of these certain associations, which I'm going to describe for you, then those are really the top-notch ones. So, the first one is CREA, which is the California Real Estate uh, Inspection Association, and the other one is um, ASI, which is American Society of Home Inspectors. So. Critically, if you have you know a home inspe- you know you buy a house, you go in a home inspection. I would make sure that preferably they have both those ex- designations, if not at least one. Okay, that's the best thing I can say. Okay, so that so you get somebody who's qualified to do an inspection. But what happens if you get an inspection report back and you got a lot of repairs that are very costly? What do you do? Oh, we get a good realtor to negotiate those repairs on your behalf. I mean, the seller can kick in some money. Um, he can make the repair. They can make the repairs themselves. I mean, that's why you hire a realtor so you can get some of these things done and you get things negotiated on your behalf. So, you know, you don't have to take care of all these things, you know, by yourself or perhaps maybe you get some money and then you can hire the people that you want to do it for you. Okay. So um, how does somebody like my friend Melissa find herself in a situation that very expensive repairs never showed up on an inspection report? Well, I mean, if they, the, if that's unfortunate. But if there was a pre-existing condition, she can go back to the seller and she can say, you know, look, I mean, this was not disclosed. These things were not disclosed. And if they aren't disclosed and they find out in court that the seller knew about it and didn't disclose it on the transfer disclosure statement, then she has a right to go back. I mean, she really? can call her realtor that she used and, you know, discuss this issue and just see what was on the disclosure. You know, maybe she doesn't remember. Okay. And um, and, and see what the real estate agent says. And if, it, if it's not on the disclosure, then you can find out from the other agent who represented the seller who, you know, wh- what the seller knew, what, what, what knowledge did they have about these, these issues with the house. Interesting. So that's that's where I would, what I would do because, you know, lack of disclosure is a huge problem. And if, if they did not disclose something that they knew about and now it's costing the buyer a ton of money, that's, well, yeah. not, that's not right. Right. And, and who has extra money right now? I mean, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this story is because with the, with the average price of a home being out of reach, even for so many people right now, those who can buy barely have even enough, you know, to buy, let alone have any money left over after the fact. How can people get a hold of you, Julie? 
Well, the best way to reach me is 619-992-7113. Text or call. All right. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks so much, Andrew. Have a wonderful day. You too. Okay, I got to share with y'all one of the funniest stories I've heard in a long time. I found this off a site called Heat Street. And these two, a philosopher and a mathematician, decided to perpetrate a hoax to expose gender studies as a sham. And they succeeded. This is hilarious. Uh, you know, it's it's not a complicated story, but I don't have a huge amount of time to get in it. But basically, they decided... <laughs> writing under pseudonyms to submit an absurd article and they went intentionally overboard with the absurdity blaming penises for global warming okay this tj carrot sticks is cracking up they got it published i guess this kind of hoax had been done before called the socal affair or whatever anyway they wrote writing under pseudonyms they wrote an academic article on the quote conceptual penis which theorizes among other things i'm reading here that man spreading is akin to a man raping the empty space around him. I mean, they went above board with the absurdity and they actually got published. They got published in this this um, publication called Cogent Social Scientists, um, Social Sciences. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, the, the publication describes itself as a multiple disciplinary open access journal, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it, they, the, um, the writers even went into like ridiculous descriptions of the penis. I can't even read some of them. It's just so funny. Um, uh, cranny acts. <laughs> Beaver basher. <laughs> You guys got to check this out. I'm loving this because these two guys totally punked this gender sciences publication. They said, we sought to demonstrate that a desire for a certain moral view of the world to be validated could overcome the critical assessment required for legitimate scholarship. And man, they proved it. It's pretty funny. It's almost like uh, the onion. Like the onion. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. When people think that those are real sources or like China right. republished the onion story. So these right. guys are doing like a, a fake. News, yeah, basically, and there and this other was it a website? No, it's an actual publication for social up. sciences, and they actually published this as though this was an actual study that had been done, and concluding that man parts cause global warming, and that the man parts are akin to raping the empty space around it. I mean, how this is this should be viral. Every this everybody should be talking about this story because there is nothing that busts out wide open more the craziness of the left and all of their safe spaces and all their crap going on in academia and universities today than this right here. This go also goes in line with these romp him outfits that they that they're trying to walk on the runway trying to get you going to wear a romp him? No, I don't think I'd fit. <laughs> But the, and the whole transgender movement, this just busted wide open. Everybody, please. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on my, my uh, Facebook and Twitter, this Heat Street article. I just thought this was absolutely brilliant what these guys did. Of course, nobody's talking about it because they, you know the left doesn't want everybody to know how they've been busted. Uh, now my awards for Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. My Hero of the Week is none other than President Donald Trump, who with a government, with a deep state, Involving both sides of the aisle, both opposition parties completely trying to personally and professionally destroy him and his family went out into the world in an unprecedented uh, action meeting with world leaders like had never been done before in order to put America first, in order to work with other world leaders to keep us safe and to reset 
America as the world's superpower in spite of what is being done to him. He... Here he is around the world trying to put America first while his own Americans are trying to destroy him. My stink of the week actually goes to the media who, while he's over there under these conditions, while he's over there on their behalf trying to put America first, even those who were trying to destroy him, they went all over social media trying to say that Melania Trump swatted his hand away. Well, you know what? They need to be swatted away. Trump and the Republican Party need to get together and swat away the deep state and the left that are trying to destroy him. Hey, thanks for everybody. Thanks, everybody, on Facebook Live. Thank you to my amazing guest. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. I'm going to be right back here every Tuesday. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. Bye, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.